How's everybody doing this morning, New City Church? Come on, man. We got to wake up for the early service, y'all. Good, good to see everybody here, man. Got some good, uh, got a lot of new faces in this morning, man. Good to see everybody, guys. My name is Casey, by the way, Pete, Kyle, Keith, my man Matt. Thank you, guys, man. I don't know if we, I don't know if Matt, man, he may not survive the, uh, the pounding in there, though, Matt. That's pretty good stuff. I love that. Love that, dude. Love the passion that we've got. But seriously, guys, everybody doing well this morning? New City, man, we are on. Uh, we are, guys, this is up for, like, we've got to be lifting up the Lord, man. I've spoken to, uh, to uh, Mr. David Eastwood this morning, and he said, guys, there seems to be some sort of, like, a spirit of distraction. He goes, do you feel it? And I said, man, I don't know about that, but I know I'm distracted. Amen. So can I pray for us real quick before we get to, we've got this service, we've got another couple services coming up, and I want us to, to be praying not just for uh, the message or anything like that. I asked for some prayer this, this morning for the message, but, but ultimately that, that God is lifted up, that, that people are, they come to know him and are discipled in him, not just converted, if you will. Amen. Father, we love you, and, and Lord, we lift up this entire um, church to you this is your church i'm sitting here this morning as we're as we're worshiping you and in music during the music but we may never stop worshiping you we may we just be be yours and so when we say come on church lord it's not about a, a, a false sense of enthusiasm lord but it is a genuine desire to worship you fully and completely god we love you more than we can tell you. It's in your son's precious and awesome and amazing name that we pray. Everybody in the house said, amen. amen. Well, guys, my name is Casey. I'm one of the pastors here serving alongside you. If I haven't gotten a chance to meet you, I definitely would like to. If, uh, if you would, fill out a connect card. If I, if I haven't uh, gotten a chance to get to know you, uh, that is a great way for folks to uh, get connected initially Get some information about us, uh, you know, that we can get to get some information about you. Because we, de we definitely have a vision that we want to know you, we want to know your name, and we want you to know that you are, you are known. So if you'll fill that out, uh, that would be wonderful and fantastic. Uh, and and Because so, that's just what we want to do. We want you to know that you are known. If you're known by God, we want to know you as well. Amen. Amen. So we are uh, going through this series right now called Knuckleheads. So uh, one of the things I like to do is, is help us understand what being a knucklehead is all about. So if you will turn to your neighbor to your right and say you are a knucklehead. And if you'll turn to the neighbor on your left and say you are a knucklehead. And if you'll turn toward me and say you're a knucklehead. What the heck, man? That's a lot of enthusiasm. All of a sudden, the third one. Okay, fine. I get it. I get. It. You were right. I am a knucklehead, I, man. I. Uh, we are. This is the Knuckleheads Anonymous uh, meeting that we have. We're having three of those today. So, and the reason we call ourselves knuckleheads is because for something, even if we've been believers since we were a fetus, right? That we are all unbelievers in some ways. And you can fill out your uh, bulletin here if you'd like. Uh, when I said we want to get to know you, that's one of the reasons why we have the sign-up sheets. So if you'll take those sign-up sheets and pass those along, man, it would be awesome and amazing. Also, don't forget that, yeah, we are all unbelievers. Some of us have proclaimed the name of Jesus and have yet to be baptized. And so we have the baptism waters open. As a matter of fact, you can hear, hear the fountain going right now, meaning 
I'm probably going to have to pee pretty quick. So if anybody wants to turn it, I'm kidding. Maybe not. Well, we'll see how much coffee I get, right? But we are all unbelievers in some ways. Like, we are all struggling in some fashion, in some part of our life, to submit to, as the song just said, to surrender him, right? What does the song say? I surrender. I want to know you more. And so, like, we're having that trouble. And as soon as we start that surrendering process, guys, we will know him more. Amen? Do you understand that, church? We understand that. So, Here's what we did a couple, few weeks ago, we did a, a church-wide survey. We asked three questions. What are the three things that you are struggling with? The top thing, if you remember the, uh, b- the graphic that we have, the, the top thing that we are struggling with as a church is reading our Bible. That's what that says in the top blue line. Like reading the scriptures is the one thing. And yet that is the way that we get to know him and what he actually said. Like, reading the scriptures is, is, an, is a key piece. Like, we did a survey a few years back and, and found out that 80% of the church, of our church, like we, and I think we're a Bible-thumping, Jesus-freak church, that we don't read our Bibles. And I'll tell you this, man, like, for me, when we start looking at the scriptures and looking at, when I found out that the scriptures were completely legit, like, I don't know if you know my story, because we've got a lot of visitors, maybe you've not heard my like how I came to know Jesus, because my buddies in high school still can't believe this, right? Like they're like, there's no way. But when I looked at the scriptures, Judy and I had been going to church for several years. She actually conned me into going to church when our daughter was six months old. And they said, we need to bring up Morgan in the church. I'm going, why? Why is that? that I don't want to go to church. That's, that's insane, right? And my daughter's 26 years old and now a worship leader and married to a worship leader. It's awesome. It's wonderful. But she said, she, the way she convinced me to go to church was that they would watch our kid for us for a few, like an hour or something like that. And my question to her was, well, how much do they charge? And she's like, nothing. And I think she under her breath, she's like, you idiot. But, but see, the power of, of a kid's city ministry that we have is just like, like it's, it's awesome to to be a part of that but that's what got me into thinking oh wow they'll watch our kid for free nobody nobody doesn't do it nobody does anything for free right everybody charges for stuff but that's how this works amen and so i love the fact that we have a kid city kid city program that 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 really we're right amen is right so i would love that we have a, a kid city program but understand something we're not just babysitting kids, which is what the reason I thought they were going to do in the first place. We are discipling children. We're teaching them what it means to truly be a disciple of Christ. And so when I started going to church, and we went for several years, I went through this time period where I thought, well, is this even legit? Like, is Jesus even real? I've heard people say he never existed. I've heard people say all kinds of different things like that. Is that even legit or, or real? And so I went through about a two-year process of trying to discover how we know the Bible to be true. And here's what I found out, like over a two-year period. And I, and I studied all the different religions. I studied Buddhism and Taoism and Islam and Confucianism and all the different isms that you can, you can find. And, and, I, and, I, and I, I studied so hard and so hard, not to try to find out what all the different belief systems believed, but whether or not there is evidence of God in them. Like, there's got to be something supernatural in a religious 
writing if it's going to be legit from God. Amen? That's the way I feel about that. So when I discovered that there was zero evidence for this ism or that ism, zero evidence for Islam, zero evidence for Buddhism, and then I got to Christianity and there's just mountains of evidence that God is, is real. Like, like 365 different predictions about somebody who's going to come in the form of a man called the Anointed One in the Old Testament, the Messiah. And then Jesus fulfills absolutely every one of those things. Impossible for some one person to do. And he did, didn't, didn't fulfill things like he's going to be a great guy and do great things. He fulfilled things like this Messiah, this anointed one, will be born in Bethlehem of a virgin. He's going to live a perfect life. He's going to die. His hands and feet are going to be pierced. He's going to be betrayed for 30 pieces of silver. And guys, he did it all. He did it all. Guys, that ought to wake us up. Amen? Are you with me, New City Church? See, and if that wasn't enough, this Jesus, fulfilling all those prophecies, rises from the dead. Like that, it, like, like seriously, when I say, come on church, that's what I mean. Our Savior rose from the dead. And yet we still are knuckleheads. Wow. See, and here's the thing, if John 1 is correct, and that's how I became to absolutely adore the scriptures, when it's that real and that accurate, there's got to be something to this. And so when I read it, I don't just read the word of God, I read the word of God. See, and if, if, if according to the word of God, John says that, John 1 says that in the beginning was the word, the word was God, the word was with God, and that word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, meaning that when we're reading our Bibles, we are reading Jesus. See, a love and desire for Jesus, and a lot of people feel this way, right? A lot of people say, oh, I love Jesus. I, I love him a whole lot. But a love and desire for Jesus must equal a love and desire for the Bible because the beginning was the word, the word became flesh. Knowledge of the Bible is not not the same as understanding. And knowledge is not the same as wisdom, which we're going to talk about here in a second when we talk about our, our minds. See, the mark of a disciple, not a Christian, not someone, not a church attender, not a Baptist or a Methodist or a Presbyterian or a Catholic, the mark of a disciple of Jesus is understanding. Come on, church. And you're with me on this, right? Here's my problem that I had when I first became a follower. Because when I found out that Jesus fulfilled all these prophecies and rose from the dead, it's an historic, accurate account of what happened. Man, it dropped me to my knees, yes. But my mind, my thinking was, man, I'm going to go out and make all the unbelievers look stupid. I'm going to start winning some arguments, man, because I'm tired of this, man. Like, you don't even know. So my whole heart and my mind was going to be used to make the enemy or the, the, the enemy, Satan, or his people, if you will, or unbelievers, if you will, like, make them look stupid. I didn't look at them as potential kingdom people, right? I looked at them as they are my enemy, and that was my mind mindset. And I never 
want an argument, and I want a lot of arguments, because if I'm going to be honest, guys, we have the argument. Like, there is no, like, you can't, you can't deny the power and the existence of Jesus without merit. We have the argument. But I've never won an argument and walked away thinking, ha, I won that, and that person comes to know Jesus in the first place. Like, I've never done that. I've never won that argument, and they come and go, man, you know what? I'm going to follow Jesus now. No, no, I made him mad. I made him enemy. So yes, we have the argument. Yes, we have the, the, the mindset, but, and Jesus used his mind to get his things that he needed done across. Proverbs 27.2 says, and it, you guys say that, look, watch this with me. A sensible person sees danger and takes cover. The inexperienced Keep going and are, prom- are punished. Uh, Proverbs 27, or I'm sorry, 22, 3. Watch this. A sensible person sees danger and takes cover. But the inexperienced keep going and are punished. The exact same words in two different Proverbs. I think God is trying to, to tell us something. Now, now, did Jesus say, oh, we don't need any intellect or anything like that? Absolutely not. Matthew 22, verse 37. One of the commands, he says, in fact, when asked what the greatest of the commandments are, is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your, say this with me, mind. Exactly right. So we are to use our mind. In fact, Philippians 2, 5 says, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. So our minds are, here's what we do with, our, with the, the, the intellectual part of our Christian walk and our, our discipleship, and this is what we do with our mind. We either go so overboard and try to learn everything in the Scriptures and memorize everything in the Scriptures that we have none of that in our heart, or we completely dismiss the intellectual part and say, oh, that's not really needed, that's really secular, that's really, and that's, neither one of those is correct. Because he said to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind have the same mindset as jesus romans 12 starting in verse 1 says therefore brothers by the mercies of god and this is paul writing to the church in rome by the mercies of god i urge you to present your bodies plural right as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to god this is your spiritual worship Do not be conformed to this age, but, everybody say but, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. We got to be using our mind. We got to be using the things that God has given us. We got to be learning things, absolutely, but not so that we can just have a download of information So that we may discern, discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. 2 Corinthians 10, starting in verse 3, says, For though we, we live in the body, we do not wage war in an unspiritual way. Since the weapons of our warfare are not worldly, but are powerful through God for the Say that, right. say that, demolition. Like we're not just supposed to manage things that are against uh, God, but we were supposed to like demolish them. We demolish arguments 
and every high-minded thing that is raised up against the knowledge of God, taking every thought captive. 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 Taking every thought captive. Some people are victims of their thoughts. Some people are victims of, of different things like that. Like we're, we're like we're like onslaught by these different thoughts and we don't know what to do with them. I, I, I'll never forget I had a pastor friend of mine. I was struggling with different things. I said, man, you can't, I can't stop like, like thoughts coming into my head. And he said something that I'll never forget. He said, yeah, you can't stop a bird from landing on your head, but you can stop him from building a nest there. Like our minds, guys, are not something that we're to be victims of. We're to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. That's what, how powerful this is. Like once we start doing that, once we start seeing the world the way God does, once we start seeing the world through Christ's eyes, our minds, right, will be used for his glory rather than us being victimized by it. You guys know what a female dog is, right? You guys know what they call a female dog, right? I say we make our minds one. Okay? Seriously. You catch what I'm, see- catch what I'm saying on that? Like, seriously, this is not something that we need to be victimized by. Check this out. Ephesians 5, starting in verse 6, let no one deceive you with empty arguments, for God's wrath is coming on the disobedient because of these things. Therefore, do not become their partners. So we've got to be thinking like this, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light, for the fruit of the light results in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, discerning. Discerning what is pleasing to the Lord. Now, do not participate in the fruitless works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to mention what is done by them in secret. Everything exposed by the light is made clear. For what makes everything clear is light. Therefore it is said, get up sleeper, come on church, and rise from the dead and the Messiah will shine on you. Pay careful attention then how you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. So don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. See, this is an important thing. We've got to understand this. This is where the rubber meets the road. Guys, I know this is sometimes like we've got to be, like it takes a, 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 a crazy difference in the way we approach our thoughts and all the different things that are going on. But understand something, guys. Like we are not victims of this. You know, it says in the scriptures here that the days are evil. And just like when we say our, our minds are not going to be what victimizes us, neither will the days. You heard, uh, you remember a few years ago the movie called Dead Poet Society where it was carpe diem, seize the day, right? And we got a lot of even Christians going, yeah, man, we're going to seize the day. And, and, and yet he's saying, Scripture says, that the days are evil. Why would we want to seize something, grasp something, take hold of something that is 
that it's evil. And when I say the days are evil, I'm not talking about Monday's bad because Sunday's good. I'm talking about time. I'm talking about our approach. I'm talking about our mindset toward the days. Jesus is talking about the days being evil. Guys, do you know how much time we waste? I'm not saying watching TV is bad. I'm just saying, you know, if it's seven hours later and you're still on Facebook and you got to go pee, man, you probably got consumed by the day rather than attacking the day. Don't be foolish. Understand what the Lord's will is. Guys, I want to finish with, with this one thought, man, that our minds must be controlled by God. They must be submitted to God. If we sing, I surrender, and we sing all those different things, and yet, honestly, in our minds, we're not doing that, Oh, we could say it with our heart and have some emotion, and we can even go with our hands and feet and go to, go to Houston and do some mission work, which some of us have done, which is great. We can go all the way across the world or across the street and do some mission work and, and do some good things in the name of Jesus. But if our minds, guys, are lacking in this, then we're going to be in trouble, too, because Jesus said to love us, love him with everything, including our minds. How are we approaching the gospel? How are we approaching church? How are we, who are we listening to? Who is our influence? Like, is it a prosperity preaching gospel that says, if you want to get everything you want, you just come to know Jesus and you get money and health and everything? Because that's not what it says. Are you listening to people that say, oh, God's just going to smite you and, and he hates you and all... Are you listening to those people? Because if we're not in the Word, guys, if we're not listening to Him and, and going into he, what He said, we're going to hear what other people say and think it's gospel. Guys, I tell you, test me in everything I say according to the Scriptures. Amen? The great philosopher, pastor, poet, preacher and rapper Trip Lee said it like this he said these days in the church most cats got it twisted don't let them fool you into thinking how we're supposed to live this for instance some say to come to Christ for riches or maybe your blessing but my question is what is this because this ain't the gospel that if you put your faith in him, come to the Savior, and you rake that paper in, face it, friends, they just made Jesus a holy ATM. Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, would be appalled. This gospel would be disgraced to him. This false gospel strips him of his flyness. He's more like your servant and less like his highness, so please don't buy it. That idea is absurd. Jesus said the Christian life can be strife, and filled with hurt. I mean, I would hate for cats to get that fake stuff. Never know it's wrong because they won't open a page up. I pray that we erase the wrong views and embrace the holy word that testifies to us about the Savior. I don't know what you heard, but I hope it matches the word. I don't know what you think, but man, it's time to get it straight. Amen? Father, we love you, and we thank you.
more than we can tell you. May we turn our minds to you. May we use our minds for your glory. May we not engage in the pursuit of knowledge simply for the download of information or simply to try to get out of you what we want personally of any kind of gain. Lord, may we pursue any intellect or any knowledge or any thoughts, pursue them to you. May we, Lord, take captive every thought to obedience to you for your glory, and for your kingdom. Father, we love you with our heart, with our soul, with our strength, and God, with our minds. Not to win arguments, but to win souls and make disciples, teaching them to obey everything you've commanded. Father, thank you in advance for what you're about to do. And God, if there's anybody in here who says they know you, they claim you, that you are their Savior, that you are their Lord, and they have yet to even take the first step of obedience into baptism, wake them up. Get their mind right, Lord. And may they be baptized this morning. Father, it's in your son's precious and amazing an incredible name with enthusiasm. Everybody in the house said, Amen.